church. And um, <clears throat> if you're looking for something to be thankful for, uh, that, that'd, be a, that'd be a good thing to be thankful for, isn't it? Uh, the anchor holds when uh, there's storms and there's... Think about the anchor, you know, <clears throat> when you think about an anchor, you think about it keeps you, in, keeps you in that one area, in that one spot, so you're not taken away uh, by the water and taken to a, uh, a different spot. And so I'm thankful uh, that we can be <clears throat> anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ to, uh, in our lives. Oh, we're going to be in 1 Timothy this morning, 1 Timothy chapter number 2, <clears throat> 1 Timothy chapter number 2. I appreciate Miss Jess filling in as Miss uh, <clears throat> uh, Miss Lisa and, and Miss Sherry are out of town, and so uh, thankful that Miss um, Jess can fill in and <clears throat> and uh, uh, do that. She 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 texted me. She said, this is, I, try, "I try to be funny, but they, people don't find me funny sometimes." But she said. Um, so when do you when do you want me because they have children's church? When do you want me to um, come for the invitation? What time do you want me to come for the invitation? I said um, after I'm done preaching. I didn't get a text back from her for uh, quite a little while, and uh, I had a text for us and say. Um, so she texted me back a emoji that rolls its eyes. You know, the eyes are in the back of its head, and so um, so we 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 kind of pulled on her this morning. I said. Uh, I told Forrest, I said, uh, we're going to do shaking hands between songs. And um, I, she said, he said, oh, I, I didn't tell Jess. And uh, uh, she, so, she gets so nervous when she's playing. And uh, he said, I said, I should be all right. And uh, he said, okay. And so we did shaking hands. And she came down off the piano and said, we're not doing the last song. I said, okay. <laughs> So that works, all right. And uh, but I appreciate her doing that and uh, and filling in for us. And uh, she's done Sunday school this morning and children's church and played the piano and and uh, and uh, so I'm so uh, I'm so thankful for that. And uh, pray for uh, my wife and 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 uh, and Emma uh, went up to um, the wilds to see uh, Anna for her birthday. So it was Anna's. Uh, Anna's 20, what year are we in? 22, 22nd birthday. And uh, I always remember her because she was born in 2000. So she's the, the year that we are old. And so um, she just turned 22, working up to the wilds. And uh, so they're up there. They're going to be coming back home uh, tomorrow, uh, traveling back. And so um, just pray for them as they travel. And uh, we've got two vehicles one works okay, and the other one works okay. And so uh, she took the one that works okay. And so um, made it up there fine, so we praise the Lord for that. But there's still a problem with the car, and they just, the mechanic can't find a leak. There's, there's a leak, and they just can't find it. And um, so pray that they get that worked out, and uh, they're actually going to take and leave the enclave there and drive the car home and stop and check the water as they come home. And so uh, pray that they get back, uh, they get back okay, and uh, there's no problems there, and I uh, appreciate your prayers, uh, prayers for them. Second uh, Timothy chapter number 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, why do we do the things we do? Ever asked yourself that question? Why? Okay, serve the Lord, right? 
Serve the Lord. God says that we ought to serve Him, that we ought to honor Him. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning about worship, uh, that we ought to worship Him. But why? Why do we serve the Lord? Why do we give in the offering? Why do we give to missions? Why do we teach Sunday school? Why do we work with children? Why do we have VBS? Why, 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 why? Ever thought about, about that? I, I think sometimes we think, yeah, I do. I think about it all the time. Why in the world do you make me do all these things? But why do we do the things that we do for the Lord? Now, I think there's some obvious answers, uh, but I don't think we think about them. Sometimes I think we get so immersed. Sometimes we get so busy that we forget why we're doing what we're doing. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, um, you, ever, you ever said to your kid, or you ever said to your teenager, or you ever said to your adult child, I always thought, once they get 18, right? Oh, freedom. Oh, no. This is 18. 18 just means that they're a grown adult. They're a grown kid now. Uh, but anyways, you ever, see, you ever look them in the face and say, why'd you do that? Do you have a reason for doing the dumb things that you do? Now, I'm looking at your faces and y'all lying because I know you've said it before. I know you've told your children before. Why in the world? Listen, I told you the burner was hot. Why'd you touch it? I told you not to do this. Let me tell you what they used to do in the Navy. I'm telling you, not very smart people. Before we went into a port call, we'd have a meeting. We had a rate. My rate, what I did as a job, was underway. We were underway. When we were underway, we were 12 on, 12 off, or 6 on, 6 off. When we were underway, we were always working. But when we got to port, we were like the first ones off the ship. So it was awesome. So, but they would have meetings. They'd have these big meetings. Now, I was on a ship with all men. And we'd have, we'd have these meetings, and they'd talk about the port of call. And on this port of call, they'd have a map and say, here's a map. These are the areas that you need to stay away from. Seriously. These are the places that you don't need to be at. We're talking about a bunch of young kids that don't know much about nothing, and this, some of them are the first time they've ever been away from... And I'm not talking about, we're, not talking about a, we're not talking about a church meeting, folks. We're talking about a bunch of lost guys. This is where you don't need to go. Guess what? It's the first place. I mean, you memorize the map so that when you get there, you know exactly where you want to go. I'm thinking to myself, I've always thought to myself, even as an unsaved man, I've always thought to myself, why in the world would you tell us that don't go here? Because that's where they're going to go. It's kind of like, like putting up a sign that says, wet paint, don't touch. You know, listen, you don't even ha- it doesn't even have to be wet paint. Just put it up. And see how many people go, I wonder if that's really wet. And touch it. You deserve to get paint all over you if you touch it. Are you ever seen them have the, the, the yellow tape up? That yellow tape's for everybody else. Not me. Why in the world do we do the things that we do? You know, I think a lot of problems would be solved in our life if we figured out why we do what we do. A lot of complaining 
would be done away with? If we really knew the reason we do what we do, why we come to church, why we read our Bible, why we pray, why is it so important to share your faith? Why is it so important to, uh, uh, to be kind one to another? Why is it important to forgive? I think we think about these things. I think we know these things. We know these things because we know our Bibles. We know these things because we've read in the Bible. We know these things because the preacher said so. But we have lost the why. You know, it's easy to sit out of church when you don't remember the why. It's easy to stop reading your Bible when you don't know the why. Why, 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 have I, why am I doing it? Am I doing it because... That's what I'm told I'm supposed to be doing it? Am I doing it because that's what I've always done? Am I doing it because my parents raised me to do it? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Have you ever stopped long enough to contemplate that? You ever thought about that? When you're at home Sunday morning, and the devil's saying, man, you know you're tired. You do not want to get up. I mean, you know you're not feeling well. Isn't it amazing you can feel really good Monday through Saturday? And Sunday morning, you kind of, your, your bones ache a little bit more than they used to. And, well, you just don't kind of feel. Why? Because we can convince ourselves. That we've done it. We've all, I know, we've all done it. We can convince ourselves not to do the things that we know are important to do. And I think we can convince ourselves of that because we've forgotten the why. Why am I doing it? You know, it would be an amazing thing in a, in a, in a, in a relationship, right? In a marriage. Why, why, did I, why did I marry this person? Why, why did we get together? Why, why, why did we say our vows? Why, 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 why? We've got to be able to answer the question of why. We're going through Wednesday nights. We're going through the Baptist distinctives. Do you know why we're going through the Baptist distinctives? Because you need to know why you're a Baptist. That's important. Why do I believe what I believe? You You should have an answer. By the way, we should have an answer for ourselves, but then we should have an answer so that we can share the hope that lies within us so that other people might know why we do the things that we do. I remember when I first got saved. I trusted Christ as my Savior, brand new uh, born-again believer. 2 Corinthians 5.17, right? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If you're not saved this morning, let me tell you this morning that Jesus Christ loves you. Matter of fact, He loves you so much that He left the glories of heaven, came to this sin-sick world, died upon a cross, was buried, rose again the third day. He's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you. He wants you to be saved. And I'm thankful when I got saved, but I'm telling you something. I had a lot of questions. I've been in it a long time. I still got some questions. And let's be honest. If you've got it all figured out, you're in trouble. You hear me? If you've got, you got it all figured out, you just convinced yourself you got it all figured out. 
There's some things I don't understand. There's some things that, listen, by and by, I'll understand it all. I get it. I get that. When I, when I get to go to be with Christ, I, I, I'll, I'll understand everything. You know, you ever said this before? You ever say, well, when I get to heaven, I'll have some questions. You, you won't have any questions, okay, because you'll have it all figured out. But I don't understand what you mean, because there's some things I don't know. There's some things I don't understand. But we have the Bible, and the Bible tells us why. That's what the Bible does. The Bible says, this is why you should be doing the things you should be doing. This is why you should be talking the way you're talking. This is why you should be walking the way that you're walking. Why do you do what you do? A question that we need to ask ourselves. Think about this statement. In a low-commitment world, we need some high-commitment Christians. In a low-commitment world, we need some high-commitment Christians. Christianity, church, spiritual things have really just become a, if I have time. They've really just become a label amongst groups. If you ask the average person sitting in the average pew, what do you believe and why, you, why do you believe it? They'd look at you like you've lost your mind. What do you mean? What? I, I, I believe it because God says it, praise the Lord. Well, what does God say? And where does he say it? Well, he says it in his word. Can I tell you? There's Christians that have been in church their entire life. And they'll tell you things that are in the Bible that aren't in the Bible. Let me tell you something, preacher. My Bible says, show me. Show me. Where does your Bible say? Now, listen, I get it. Sometimes I don't know exactly where it is. I've got this Bible that's falling to pieces for the third time. It's my preaching Bible. I don't even study out of this Bible anymore because just, it just falls apart. My wife got Will and Laura to bring this back from Ecuador, this leather uh, uh, holder for my, for my Bible. I can find things in this Bible that I can't find in yours. And if you... If you've got a Bible that you've had for a long time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know it's in the New Testament. It's about halfway through. I've highlighted it. It's up in the left-hand corner, and I wrote a comment, so I know where I can find it pretty quick. So I'm not saying you always have to know chapter and verse right where it is. But, man, you, you, you better get a hold of the why you believe what you believe. Because if you don't get a hold of why you believe what you believe, you'll never get a hold of why you do what you do. And if you're doing what you're doing to please somebody else, or if you're doing what you're doing because it's expected of you, or if you're doing what you're doing because of whatever other reason, I'm here to tell you, just as soon as the storm comes by, your anchor will not hold. Because your anchor isn't Jesus Christ. But when your anchor is Christ, when your anchor is the Word of God, it will hold, and you'll know from His Word why you do what you do. And I want you to think about that this morning. Why do we do the things we do? Why do we serve the Lord? Why? Now listen, we're not, talk, I'm not, we're not getting profound here. We're not looking into Ezekiel. This is just very, very simple things that I think we've forgotten. Why do we serve the Lord? Number one, 
1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Verse number 3. You want a why? Here's a why. Verse number 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. The reason we serve the Lord, one of the reasons we serve the Lord is because it's right. Because it's right. It's right and acceptable before the Lord. We are living today in a day where, man, there is no more right and wrongs. There are no more more moral absolutes. Every man, every woman is doing that which is right in their own eyes. If you want to be this, we'll go ahead and be it. If you want to do that, we'll go ahead and be it. It's no big deal. And by the way, it's nobody's business. Well, I'm here to tell you it's God's business. And you can go ahead. And by the way, you can. You can go do what you want to do. But you're going to answer before God one day. Because whether the world thinks so or not, whether the church thinks so or not, there is right and there is wrong. And there are moral absolutes. There are things that God says are right, and they're right for everybody. There are things that God says are wrong, and they are wrong for everybody. No matter what you think, no matter what twist you put on it, no matter what interpretation you you come up with, I'm telling you, God's word is of no private interpretation. God said, here it is, and here it is for everybody. So why do we serve the Lord? Because it's right. It's right. It's acceptable before the Lord, our Savior. It's right to to serve Him. Think about that with me for a few minutes this morning. Though the world no longer teaches it, there are still things that are right and there are still things that are wrong. They call them absolutes. What does that mean? It means it's an absolute. It means it's for everybody. If God said, listen to me, if God says... That, that, uh, that, that committing adultery is wrong, then it's wrong for everybody. Nobody gets a pass and says, well, you know, God really said such and such, or God really means such and such. Let me tell you something that stirs people up. In the Word of God, there are two offices in the church. A lot of people think three... They, 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 they talk about trustees. Trustees are for an incorporated church. Okay? There are two offices, pastor, deacon. The pastor and deacon have qualifications. It's clear. I mean, it's clear in the, in the Bible. One of the qualifications for both of them is that the man, we won't even go there, but the man, that's been completely redefined. What is a man? Do you realize there are Supreme Court people, there are justices, there are congressmen and women that can't even define what a woman is? What's the emoji? Pow. I mean, are you kidding me? So a man, listen, God defines what a man is, we know that. And so a man must be the husband of one wife. And that stirs people up. Are there good men 
Are there good men that have been married, divorced, and buried again? Yes. Unequivocally. There's no, no question about that. But a man that has been married, divorced, and married again cannot be a pastor or a deacon. Oh my goodness, you'd think that I invited Adolf Hitler to preach for us. When you say something like that, it's absolutely, but you know what we've done? I know a preacher, being a good preacher, for years and years and years got up and preached, preached hard. That a pastor can be the only, and, and, and this is the, this, by the way, this is the attitude of, this is the attitude of church. Preacher, what does it matter? Good night, get over it. It matters because God said it. And everything God says matters. I know this preacher, and he says, listen, and he preached this for years and years and years and years and years. He's got two sons that they've both been divorced. He preaches differently now. So he takes that verse, and now he says, you've heard it, one wife at a time. What that really means is one, one wife, spin it. Can I tell you, I believe this unequivocally. I believe God means what he says, and he says what he means. I don't believe God gives us his word so that we can interpret it the way we want to. That we can twist it the way we want to. I believe God gave us his word and said, listen, this is an absolute. A family, a marriage, listen to me, this is an absolute will always biblically be between a man and a woman. One man and one woman. Not a man and a man, not a woman and a woman, not a, not a man that thinks he's a woman and a woman that thinks he's a man and not a man that thinks he's a cat and a woman thinks she's a dog. I didn't make any of that stuff up. That's all true. There are absolutes that God says this is an absolute. You can't take what you want and discard the rest. God's word's not a buffet. I like buffets. I like to eat. And when I go to a buffet, I like to pick the things that I like to eat. And if there's something good up there, I'm going to get more of that. I'm going to skip the grits. I'm not going to eat that. They got collard greens. I'm going to plug my nose as I walk by it. They got liver? Forget it. I'm not eating any of that garbage. I get to choose. I get to pick. When I'm in a restaurant and I look at a menu, I don't order the things I don't want. I get to pick and choose. God's word is not like a buffet. You don't get to say, I like John 3.16, but man, I don't like this verse. I don't like this section. So what I'll do is I'll take a pen knife and I'll just cut that out. Watch out. And I'm not up here to preach on versions of the Bible. I'm just telling you, you better be careful. There are versions that are out there that have taken all total verses and total chapters out of the Bible. That don't belong there. That should be. Be careful. Why, are we in, why in the world are we determining what should be there and what shouldn't be there? God has determined what should be there. What do we do? We follow. We follow. Do you know why we follow? Because it's right. And if it's right, it's right for everybody. And if you'll remember that it's right, then when hard times come, you'll continue to do it. Why? Because it's right. Because it's right. 
Think about this with me for just a second. It's right to serve the Lord because, number one, it's right to serve the Lord because His ways are right. God's ways are right. God, you ever thought about this? If you haven't, just think about it for a second. God's never wrong. Would we agree on that? I hope we would. If we, if we don't, we'll sit down and have a discussion. God's always right. God's not mistaken. God doesn't say oops. God doesn't say, man, I don't know what in the world I'm going to do with so-and-so. Man, I can't believe that. No, no, no. God's never wrong. God's never mistaken. Speed. There's these TV evangelists. Some of these guys, I'm telling you, we need to open up our eyes and listen to some of these guys. They're heretics. This one guy, this what I'm telling you, he's a popular preacher. I'm not even going to say it out loud. But he's a popular preacher. He made, he made this comment. He made this statement. The biggest person God needs to forgive is himself. Amen! They're all out in the congregation. Praise the Lord! 20,000 people. I'm going, do what did he just say? Rewind. Play. Yeah. God needs to forgive himself. Because myself, what? What in the world are people thinking? Let me tell you what. You know what they're not? They're not thinking? They're not thinking right. They're not thinking right. They're thinking selfishly. They're thinking about, uh, 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 they're thinking about uh, worldly things. Uh, they're thinking about uh, uh, their ways and not God's ways. Listen to this. In the book of Hosea. Hosea chapter 14. Hosea 14 and verse number 9. Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent? And he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them. The ways of the Lord are right. They're without question. Sometimes, you ever met the person that tells you something and you say, eh, I'm not sure if that's right. Sometimes you Google it. Sometimes I'm not sure Google's got it right. But whatever, you Google it to find out if it's right. Somebody says something that's completely outrageous and you're not sure that you can believe them? You ever met the person who is a compulsive liar? They lie when they don't even need to lie. They just lie because that's what their makeup is. They lie and they lie about the craziest stuff. We had this guy in the Navy. Man, you never told him anything. If you told him that you jumped off a 100-foot cliff, he jumped off of a 200-foot cliff and did three backflips and, you know, and, and landed in a gainer. I mean, yo, I mean, he, I mean, everything you said. We got to the point where we just had fun with the guy. We tell him some of the most outrageous stuff, and he'd just say, yeah, I, yeah you know, I held, I, held my, I held my breath one time for two minutes. Yeah, I held my breath for six. That's why you're brain dead. I got it now. I mean, just compulsive liar. There are people out there, you can't believe anything they say. Listen to me. You can believe everything God says. Isn't that an exciting thing? God doesn't make mistakes. You ever give information? You ever give wrong information by accident? You ever done that? Listen, don't come to me for directions. You, that's a bad idea. Don't come to me for directions. 
I'll try to help you, but I might turn your left when you should have turned right. Not on purpose. Just trying to figure out, okay, wait a minute. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Okay, there. And then he goes, you, you sent me out in the middle of nowhere. I wasn't on purpose. Because sometimes, even when we intend to be right, we can be wrong. Because we're not always reliable. God is always reliable. God can always be counted on. Why? Because his ways are perfect. His ways are right. There's, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. We can be wrong, and often are, but God's ways, they are perfect. His ways are right, so we need to serve him because it's right, because his ways are right. Number two, we need to serve him uh, 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 not only because his ways are right, but because his word is right. Aren't you glad for God's word? Well, I'm so glad for God's word. I'm glad. Now, I wish I, I wish I could say, right after I got saved, I got so excited about God's word. But right after I got saved, I'll just, tell, I'll just be honest with you. I started reading, and I'm thinking to myself, what have I got myself into? And I started reading the Old Testament. Have you read the Old Testament lately? We leave this stuff out. We talk, about, we talk about the love of God and we talk about the forgiveness of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God. In the Old Testament, he told them to go in and wipe out an entire race. It's, you can't skip it. It's there. You know why? Because not only with the, the grace of God and the love of God and the mercy of God, there's the judgment of God and the wrath of God. No, listen, let me tell you what the Bible says. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade man. Well, I started reading some of this stuff. I'm thinking to myself, holy smokes. And then, I, and then I took the whole thing together and I thought to myself, there's no way that I'm ever going to learn stuff from the Bible. I, it's too much for me to handle. Now, maybe when you got saved, man, you were excited. I was a grown, grown, grown adult, and you got excited about it, and you got delved right in, but man, not me. But it was a good day in my life when I realized, you know what? God didn't tell me I have to know everything. God said to study, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I started studying God's word. Boy, did I get everything? No. Do I still get everything? No. There's times that I read passages of Scripture, I think to myself, that come from? I don't remember. Somebody will say something to me about God's Word, I think to myself, that doesn't say that. Turn to the passage, and poof, there it is. God's not, you know, God's completed the revelation, folks. He's not putting it in as you're reading it. It's there. God didn't say no at all, but God said study it all. God said Delve yourself into it. God said, allow God's word to get into you and change you. God's word is right. We can serve God because he's right, because his ways are right, but because his word is right. Think about this in the Psalms. I I absolutely love the Psalms. You want a good devotion to do? Go through the Psalms. Great devotional book. Psalm 19 and verse number 8 to... Psalm, Psalm, Psalm 19. Sorry, I was in 18. Psalm 19, verse number 8. I'll say That doesn't look right. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, 
enlightening the eyes. God's word is clear, it's pure, and it's right. When we read God's word, we can believe it. When we read God's word, we can act on it. Why can we act on God's word? Because God's word is right. And if God says give, then it's right to give. If God says pray, then it's right to pray. If God says go to church, then it's right to go to church. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, if you're saved and know Christ is your Savior, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and He guides you in all truth. He will not guide you in the wrong way. He will not guide you in the wrong way. God's Word's not given to trick you. To trip you. To deceive you. That's what the devil does. God's Word's given to you to give you direction. To give you wisdom. Remember James said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who give to all men liberally, and who prayeth not, it shall be given to him. God says, here, this is what you need. You looking for an answer? Listen, this is what we often do. We have questions, and we look everywhere for an answer, and we can't find the answer, we go to the Bible. Isn't that where we should be starting? We're starting with the Bible. But here's the problem. I don't mean this ugly, I really don't. But here's the problem. The average Christian is lazy. When it comes to intellectual studying of God's Word. You know why? Because it's hard. It's difficult. You know what I'd rather? Just tell me. Give me the answer. Just, just the preacher. Let the preacher tell me. Let the preacher study it. Now listen, study to show yourself approved of God is for the preacher. But let me tell you something. It's for the pew too. It's for all of us. Do you know why? Because when the preacher gets up, And if I say something wonky, if I say something off the wall, your antennas should be up saying, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute, preacher, that's not right. Show me. I I can't go to the passage, but I'm telling you, something's not right. The Bible says this, and you contradicted that. We should be able to do that. Do Do you know why we should be able to do that? Because it protects us from false doctrine and false teachers. Some of the most prominent people in quote-unquote Christianity are false teachers and false preachers. Some of the richest people. Ever heard of Kenneth Copeland? If you didn't know, he's a heretic. You're welcome. He's one of the richest, definitely the richest TV evangelist. I mean, jets and homes and money. I mean, he's got money coming out his ears. He's got so much money. Let me tell you what it is. Filthy lucre. What is in it for me? Sometimes I come across somebody. Has this ever happened to you? Sometimes I come across somebody and I think to myself, man, I need to check myself. I got so much stuff. I got so much God has blessed me with. And here's this person who has nothing. I mean, they have absolutely nothing. And got a smile on their face all the time. Serving the Lord. Happy to be serving the Lord. Don't want all that stuff. Had that stuff at one time. And now, man, they're they're happy as a lark that they don't have it. You know what the average person says? If I could just win the lottery. 
By the way, you're not going to win a lottery if you don't play it. We don't play it. But if I could just win the lottery, if I had that much money, let me tell you what I'd do. And God says, I'm not giving that to you. Because you know what the average person that's won the lottery says? I wish I'd never played. By the way, that's a statistical fact. If I could just give it back. Because, because, listen to me, the love of money will corrupt you. I'll give it to missions, and I'll give it to this, and I'll give it to that. Yeah, that's what we all wish we would do. It's kind of like, kind of like a shooter coming into a church and lining people up against a wall. It said, you have two choices. You can name the name of Jesus and die. Or you can, you can reject him and go out the back door. Well, I'll tell you what I'd do, preacher. You, listen to me. You ain't got a clue what you'd do until you were in that situation. We hope what we would do, right? We hope. And we have people that say, hey, let me tell you something. I'd die for Christ. And they can't even come to church. They don't read their Bible. They barely ever pray. They pray when there's a crisis, but otherwise they don't pray. They don't do kind things for other people. They're never inconvenienced for their Christianity. And you're going to die? Come on. Let me tell you something, preacher. I'd die for my wife. You can't even sweep the floor or do the dishes? Come on. We're talkers. That's what we are. We're talkers. What does God want us to be? Walkers. That's what God wants us to be. He says, prove it. Show me. Serve me. Honor me. Do it because it's right. Do it because it's acceptable. Do it because my ways are right. Do it because my word is right. God's word is right and it'll always be right. His ways are right. His word is right. Think about this one. His work is right. God makes no mistakes. The book of Philippians. Chapter number 1, Philippians chapter number 1, verse number, uh, verse number 6. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, God's works are right. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6, the scripture says this, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. That's the one that's doing the good work in you. His works are right. When you look at, uh, when you look at um, uh, creation, His works are right. Anything that's marred in this world, the devil or man has marred it. Kyle and I watched a movie last night. It was a waste of hour and 45 minutes. You ever done that? You ever wish you got the hour and 45 minutes back or the whatever, how long it took? You wish you got that. Watch this movie. But I'm telling you, it was, it was uh, made, made in Savannah. The best part of the movie was the drone shots. The acting was terrible. I mean, terrible. I mean, every makeup was terrible. Everything was terrible about the movie. But man, the views... I mean, when they overlooked the marshes, when they overlooked the Wormslow, when they overlooked all these things in Savannah, just beautiful. When I think of Savannah, 
You hear me complain about Savannah all the time because of the cars and the people and just, you know. You go to, you call Savannah the wild, wild west. I go to Savannah, I bring my gun. I never go to Savannah without my gun, ever. Don't go with the, you don't go to the squares at night. I mean, you think about Savannah, you think about some bad things. But man, some of these shots were gorgeous. Because when God does something, he does it right. His works are always right. His creation was right. Let me tell you something. God didn't make a mistake. It was man's choice to sin. It was man's choice to mar God's perfection. Because God's ways, they're perfect. When you think about yourself, you ever look in the mirror? You ever think to yourself, man, why do I have that nose? Why do I have those ears? Why do I look the way that I do? Do you realize that we complain about all those things, but we are fearfully, wonderfully made? That doesn't make mistakes. That doesn't mess up. His creation is perfect. Well, preacher, if his creation was perfect, then why didn't he create man perfectly? He did. He he took the dust of the ground and he formed man and he breathed in his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And then he took man who, 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 was, who was lonely and, and the animals could not, could not uh, be his companion and, and, and took a rib and, and made woman. Put him in the Garden of Eden, a perfect environment. Perfect creation. And then we decided... And that what always messes things up? What messes up our creation? We do. We do. You ever drive around and look for the trees? Hard to find them anymore. Why? Because we cut them all down. Build houses and warehouses. And I'm, not, I'm not here to say you shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that. I'm just telling you. It's us that mar things. It's us that make things, that make things worse. See these factories that are blowing out all this pollution and all this... We, God doesn't do that. We do that. It's us that makes the mistakes. It's us that mars to perfection. God's ways are perfect. So why do you serve the Lord? If you serve the Lord for people, their ways are flawed. If you serve the Lord for God, His ways are always right, and they're always perfect. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This morning, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed.